What is good, everybody? It's your boy Sherman Obed back once again, bringing you another great episode from What's the Word Entertainment. What is good with you, man, Obed? Good to see you as always. A pleasure, a pleasure. Good to see you too, Sherman. We're ready to go, man. Now, let's just get right into it this week. We'll make it short and sweet, and hopefully get it good through everything. I'm um, gonna start off with this week with the MLB. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but the Angels outfielder Mike Trout set a new record. He got he signed, making it rain. Oh, yeah. He signed a record 12-year, $430 million deal with the Angels. I mean, Ooh. this is in this is just getting insane. We thought the uh Manny Machado one was crazy, and we thought the Bryce Harper one was even bigger. I mean, I mean, this is again almost a half a almost a half a billion dollars. I mean, what do you even do with all that kind of money, man? It's just like, geez, good lord. Now, is he worth it? I, I mean, he's the best player in the game to me, you know. Yeah, the market's definitely uh, paying this man what his due is. We've had many a conversation about what we would do with that kind of money, how mm-hmm. much money these players are worth. Tom Brady to the uh, the uh, Patriots, the valuation there uh five you know 430 million dollars my god uh you know you couldn't win that money in the powerball right now um (laughs) that's it's it's a sizable amount of money that he probably deserves but does that equate to wins you're talking about a player who hasn't won a playoff game yet you know what i mean it's it's uh it's it's indicative of just where we're going the team the sports have too much money in them If, if baseball can give out the kind of contracts they give out and not just to to guys like uh, the top tier, uh, the Machados, the Trouts, uh, those individuals. Verlander we'll talk about as well. But mm-hmm. everybody got paid, right? Everybody's starting <laughs> to get paid. So they're not hurting for money. Um, but is that equating to wins? I don't think so. If he was really trying to do something, when we talked about him making that move to Philly, maybe that could have been something. But Right. I mean, I mean yeah. I mean, the Angels really haven't really done too much. In the, I mean, he's he's been, he's been doing great. I mean, he's a seven-time All-Star a two-time AL MVP, you know, a six-time Silver Slugger award winner. I mean, his numbers are off the charts. He's, I mean, like I said, I think he's, I mean, if it's either it's him and Bryce Harper, and I think Trout is just ahead of him. It's slightly. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I get it. You want to pay him, but dude, you got to save some money for the rest of your teammates, too, because how are you going to, do you, the goal is to win championships, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yes, that is the goal. That was the last I'll say, I'll say, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. In the illustrious words of Herm Edwards, hello, you play to win the game. Oh. So, I mean, the Angels giving up all that money, giving up all that cash just for one guy shows, yeah, they're committed to Trout, but are they committed to winning ball games and attracting all their players? Because how much room do you, how much wiggle room do you have to sign other big name free agents now and uh, <clears throat> coming up? Excuse me. So that's the thing. It's like I don't know what what they're really trying to do here with this thing. Now we can say, is this is this kind of money? Is this just going to keep going, big, like an ongoing thing? Are players going to get that five hundred million, seven hundred million, even a billion dollars one day? I, I, I don't know. I mean, the fact that there's no salary cap in baseball. we really don't know what's going to happen. Do you think it's good for the game that these players are just getting these astronomical numbers? So it makes me think of the dynamic of international league soccer, international league football, that a player could, you could back the Brinks truck up for a Neymar, Cristiano Ronaldo. These guys make houses a week. Right. So it's it's just it. But that is an intern. That's a worldwide game. Every country is playing in this pot. So while we look at American sports, which are largely played here on North America, making all of this money, that kind of money internationally is flowing like that. Right. In some of the then. And these are worldwide competitions. If you were playing, you know, if we were like, oh, man, Mike Trout is like the best 
uh, American baseball player, great. What about the Latvian baseball player, the African baseball player, right? Would he still be the best of the best of the best? Would they all get paid this kind of money? Because this is the one thing where, you know, it's just it's it's just going to keep going that way. You know, the players are going to keep fighting and saying, hey, we are the product. We are deserve more money than we when we. Sh- than we are getting, then right. you have to think about players coming into the system, right? Like there are guys in Dominican Republic that we never heard of that play way better than guys getting paid out here. Right. Yeah, yeah. That, I was just going to say, that's a very good point. Yeah, there's there's plenty of dudes in the DR that are just balling out over there. But it's like, you know what, though? It's how much money is really not enough? I mean, how much money do you need? Do you, Does he really need $430 million? Nope. I mean, no, he doesn't need $430 He Could he have done just done $400? I'm sure he would have been just fine with that. Could he have done $300? Like, dude, it's like you don't need that much money. I get it. You're a professional athlete. You want to make as much as possible. But dude, yeah. when you're getting past the five or ten million dollars per year, I think you're good. Don't don't you don't you mean like just because you have a hundred million dollars doesn't mean you need to go buy a fifty million dollar home because yeah. that's why this is why these athletes end up broke by the end of their careers because they're buying it. They're making a hundred million dollar contract. They buy a fifty million dollar home. Then they realize that they gotta pay taxes on that home. They gotta pay insurance on that. They gotta put the upkeep and on that. All that utilities on that. Do you know how much a a water bill is for a hundred room house of Andrew Holyfield? Come on, son. Exactly, dude. Look at um, look at Mike Tyson's old crib, dude. It was insane. And fifty bought it. He had to sell it to it. Was knew he was too much for him. It's yeah. just like, dude, you you just because you're making that kind of, you don't need to live be or excuse me buy those ex- such extravagant things. You can live off. Don't get me wrong. If you're making let's say fifteen million dollars a year. Why can't you buy a $1 million home? You'll be just fine. Even maybe a, even maybe a, a $3 million. Oh, okay, done. 15, you're good. You know what I'm saying? And if you have a $100 million contract, you could buy a $3 million home and be just fine with that. You have plenty of room with this garage, like four-car garage, whatever you want, six bedrooms, and you're just fine. There's no reason to spend $40, 50000000 million. I just don't get it. This is why they end up broke. They end up filing bankruptcy. Like I said, I mentioned Mike Tyson. There's yeah. Of other, there's plenty of other athletes. That 30 for 30 broke, and you need to watch it. It's one of the best 30 for 30s ever. <laughs> exactly, dude. I just don't get it. Um, moving on, you mentioned Justin Verlander, Verlander before. The Astros uh, pitcher, he signed a new two-year $66 million deal. A 36-year-old pitcher is getting up there. You know, I mean, he's a, he's a former Cy Young Award winner, the former MVP. As a matter of fact, I believe he won the Cy Young and the NAL MVP in the same year, which was crazy. Um, he helped the Astros win a World Series a couple seasons ago. Um, I don't know how much more time he has left, but you know what? He's doing okay because you know what? He's got Kate Upton, so everything is okay with the, in the Verlander house. And he got Kate Upton pregnant, so he's good. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said throttle down. I'm in. I'm locked in. <laughs> Old Dominion product. Old Dominion University product. Sat out Virginia. Uh, yeah, I think he, he's played big for them in big spots. He's played big for his woman in big spots, too, I bet. Uh, and at, the, at this point in his career, I mean, yeah, I think now is he going to be that 40-year-old stud out there? I think they're paying him based on what he brings to the table for the time of the year when they need him to do work. Um, right. You know, right. What's he pitching? Every fifth day, every fourth day, maybe, you know? So. Yeah. You know, I mean, he did well. He finished, what, second in the Cy Young category last year. So he's doing okay for being 36. You know, I don't think he has – too much time left, though. That's the only thing. So. Yeah, I mean, I think he, he's committed to these two years, and he probably is good to get the most map value out of it, but he, he'll, he'll produce for them. Right, right, right. Um, other news, speaking of the uh, veteran uh, veteran player, Ichiro Suzuki officially announced his retirement the other day. Give it up. He is undoubtedly a future Hall of Famer, of course. Um, he finished his career with the Mariners, the team he started with, and played for, what, 10 straight seasons. Yep. He played with the Yan- Yankees for a, a few a couple years, and the Marlins for a few years, and he finished it out in Seattle. 
They uh, they wrapped up. They played the first two games of the season. Of course, we have you know the 2019 season is officially underway. They yeah. played the first two games of the season against the A's in Japan in Ichiro's home in home country. So that's great for him to go out on top. I mean, but I mean, just looking at his numbers though, I mean. 3,038, excuse me, 30,089 hits, yeah. you know, um, you know, 117 home runs. I mean, it, it, he's, he, he batted what? I think over 400, 300 for his career at 311 for his career. I mean, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. And still, and, and still to be doing it at the age of 45 years old is phenomenal. Now, yeah. not what he once was, of course, obviously, if you no. played the year, if you only played two games now. But still, even last year, the last few years, Doing what he did at that age is is a great, a great accomplishment for him. He's a Hall of Famer. I mean, is there anything else? I mean, is there any, any doubt that he's a Hall of Famer? I mean, I don't think there is. I don't think there's any doubt that he's a Hall of Famer. I think as far as when I look at baseball players, I look at him as someone who is super productive. I mean, just that guy on the team that doesn't talk a lot, but goes out there and always hits, always gets on base, always always a good guy in the clubhouse as well. Well, I don't think he talked a lot at first because he didn't really speak much English. But, you know, that's that's not the point. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. They're a little asterisk <laughs> that one. But yeah. uh, no, a culture divide aside, uh, language buried aside the man is just a consummate professional at his game I, I just of the guys i look back and think and that's two guys out of the seattle mariners camp um uh that i think earn their their stripes over there with ken Griffey jr meeting him in the dugout as well you know like so those guys are he's he's all of him he's all of him yeah and speaking of ken Griffey jr i'm gonna say it now and I'm, i will say it till, till i die i'm telling you if he does not get hurt those last those four straight seasons or whatever it was when he was playing with the cincinnati reds yeah. Barry Bonds would have been chasing Craig Griffey Jr. for the home run title. I'm telling you, this yeah. dude, he and he had the sweetest swing in yeah. baseball history. His yeah. swing was so smooth, undoubtedly the best swing in baseball history. I'm telling you. But that I, guys I truly, didn't have to be jacked up to to crank out a whole bunch of home runs. Just a pure, pure slugger, and that's the definition of it. Anyway, let's move on to the NBA. Um, this past week, the uh, it was official that the Lakers are officially eliminated from playoff contention for the sixth straight year. The experiment, or whatever you want to call it, it did not work. Magic Johnson got it wrong. Now, well, we'll see. It will work out next season, the year after that, whatever. We got, we got LeBron on a four-year deal. Um, so we'll see what's going to happen with him. But the other big news was the past week, was, I don't know if you saw it, was they were playing against, against the Knicks in the Garden. And LeBron at one point during a time was sitting on the end of the bench away from all of his teammates. Yeah. Frazier made a big deal out of this. And, you know, <clears throat> whether, you know, it's not team team, team chemistry, what have you. Yeah. It's really a big deal or is it just, you know, this nonsense that the media is just hyping up? I, I think it depends on what angle you look at it from. Has LeBron always been a team guy? As long as the team listens to everything he says, yes. Uh, is this indicative of something that you would you wouldn't see from the other greats? Kobe would have never done this. Jordan would have never done this. Uh, it is not a very uh, a team. It's not a team unity look, honestly. For me, I just I feel like you, mm. you don't know that those are guys who one you were willing to ship off, right? If you could have got who you wanted. So, you know, I'm sure it was very awkward all those leaks coming out and finding out, oh, my name's on the trade block now. You know, um, it, it just is. Does this does LeBron actually think he can win with us? Like, why would I want to be out here on the court with him shouting at me? Because, um, you know, LeBron came in for what looked like a under the cover overhaul that other people were not aware of. Um, I don't think it's a problem, but I don't think it's good. I think it's something if you're having problems, whatever, 
have keep it in the locker room. I don't think you should put it out in the public because it just looks bad. It's, it's just a bad look, dude. You know what I mean? To yeah. be honest, I don't think it's. Oh my God, they they're gonna you know trade away half the team like they're gonna oh LeBron's LeBron's being rude or whatever the case may be is not being a team player you know get rid of him obviously he's not gonna go anything drastically like that but it just shows that like, hey it can it, it seems that way I'm not saying this is not this is this is just my opinion it can seem that way he's disconnected from the team which can eventually hurt them I get it the whole trade rumors and everything like that with the whole AD thing that happened earlier in the year yeah so that kind of probably set some players off so but you know. I think coming back, obviously they're gone, they're out of the playoffs, but next season they definitely need to get a big name free agent. Like I said, I think they should go after Kemba Walker, who is a free agent, possibly even go after Clay Thompson as well, too. Yeah. And if they can trade for AD, do it absolutely. And then you get pieces, like I said, if you get AD, you get Kemba, I think they're right there with the Warriors. And then if you add Clay Thompson, they're definitely going to beat the Warriors next year, you know? So yeah, that's, that's a big uh, uh, transaction there. Uh, because I feel like Clay Thompson is just shooting ridiculously at mm-hmm. night in and night out. This kid off of what four bounces? He's a four dribbles is gonna give you forty points. That's right. ridiculous. And if you could have that swing guy there on your team, I mean, oh my God, what 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 could you do with the right pieces around you? Um, I, I agree. I mean, you don't want it to spill out spill out into the locker room, but at this, the braggadocia at this point of LeBron James is he's the only player that could at this point in his career sit on the end of the bench while the rest of the team is figuring it out. Oh, and, and by the way, already there's rumor mill going around. Andrew Wojnarowski, I need to get his name right. Wojnarowski? Uh, yeah, yeah. He, um, he, he sent out a tweet talking about that the uh, the Lakers are looking at Jason Kidd as a replacement for Luke Walton. Really? And I'm just like, wait a minute. How is any of this Walton's fault that this team is not good? How is any of this Walton's they're, fault? They're, they're just not ready. They're, they're young. They're inexperienced. I don't think. It's, I don't think. I don't think it's Luke Walton's fault. It's just the team is not that good. Everyone thought, oh, LeBron's on a team. We're gonna go to the finals, or we're gonna go to the Western Finals, whatever the case is. He can't completely do it. And not. It's not the same thing when you're in the Western Conference. If you're in the East, different story. He has a chance. Yeah. When you're in the, it's a totally different ballgame with the Warriors with the Rockets, with the Nuggets this year. You know what I mean? It's a different- The Rockets got a guy that'll come and drop 60 on you. What exactly. are you guys going to do about that? You're not jacking up threes. That's what I'm saying, yo. They don't, yeah, they don't They don't have the squad. Like, people think just because LeBron is there, it's not the same thing, dude. And people need to understand that. I get it. He's the best player on the planet. But it, <laughs> it's, it's the, it's the non-Mamba mentality. It's something I'm starting to put on LeBron fans because – you know, Kobe would go out and do that. It would will a team on his back. Jordan would will a team on his back. LeBron mm-hmm. has needed to go to play places and create a, a amalgamation of a team around him that does what he can do alongside it and be successful. So he doesn't yeah. just drop into your town and then it's a champion. Yeah, yeah. It's, I just, like I said, they need to make some moves, you know, move some pieces around, sign some big name free agents and they'll be all right. Yeah. Moving on, I want to get over talk about the the Rockets and your boy James Harden, as we just mentioned. He dropped 61 on Friday night against the Spurs. Um, now he joins Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, and Kobe Bryant as the only players who have multiple 60-point games in the same season. And, you know, he dropped 61 against the Knicks earlier in the year, I believe, in January. I mean, he's on fire. That's his this is that was his eighth 50-point plus game. And he's and and also he's dropped at least 30 points on every single team this year yeah we said again at least 30 on every single team it's um it's ridiculous he's a offensive guru powerhouse whatever powerhouse whatever you want to call it 
He's offensively, the, obviously, the offensively probably the best player in the game offensively. I'm going to say it again. We know it all. Coming back on that defense, he might not cover anybody. But yeah, he likes to do the little old lane and let dudes go right. <laughs> <on. You laughs> he doesn't wear red. You got to hit him with the. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? He's wearing that Rockets, red, that red Rockets jersey. So, you know, holding up it. Like, if I'm a man, I do it. The bull to go right. By. But, dude, I just don't get it. Uh, I mean, but let me ask you this question Is he the MVP of the league again this year? It's, I just, apart, so I'm I'm going to agree with you. Offensively, fantastic, amazing. But I have to take away that, uh, you know, first portion of the year where this man is obviously taking four steps. Now, as of late, I've watched some very textbook fundamental step back threes from this guy. Teardrops from way outside the arc that I've been, loved that I wish I would have saw earlier. I don't know what made him change his his play all of a sudden but you know discounting those items and still saying that this guy plays the way he does it's hard not to say that he isn't the mvp i mean i i admittedly need to go and compare his stats and the last longevity of his of the what last 30 games i would say against what russell westbrook has done out there with okc but the, it's really been the paul george show of, of late down in OKC that... Well, Westbrook's yeah, averaging another triple-double again for the third straight season, and no one's even talking about this, dude. Yeah. Yo, it's crazy. Yeah. Three tri- straight seasons with averaging a triple-double, that's insane. What does the MVP award stand for? Is it the person who makes the team win all the time, or is it the person who, if the team was, if he wasn't there, the team would suck? So that's exactly... You know, that's why I'm so glad you said that. Because MVP, you know, MVP, most valuable player. Yeah. It's not MOP, not most outstanding player. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of people think just because you're the best player, you should win MVP. That's not the case. Yeah. And here's my other argument too about this. I'm not going to just say just because he's dropping 30, 40, 50 points, 60 points a game doesn't mean he should win MVP. No. He should win Offensive Player of the Year, but yeah. the NBA doesn't have one. They have yeah. a defensive player. In the, in the NFL, you have Offensive Player of the Year, you have Defensive Player of the Year, and you have MVP. You have it in uh, in baseball. You have Cy Young Award winners. You have the you have a Silver Slugger. I'm sure they have the same thing in hockey as well too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, why don't they have an Offensive Player of the Year award in the NBA? Why? Because they automatically assume the best offensive player should get the MVP, and that's not what it should be. Yeah. If you want to give it to the best player, have it the most outstanding player, but the most valuable player to me. You know, now can it be James Harden? Yes. But I, I I have to give an argument for Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, I you know, I mean, yes, James Harden, he's averaging 36, 6, and 7. I mean, and Giannis, 27, 12, and 6. He, his, he's leading his team to the best record in the NBA, okay? Yeah. Better than the Warriors right now. And as a matter of fact, I believe the Rockets play in Milwaukee tomorrow night. So that's going to be a game to watch on yeah. Tuesday night. Um, were the Bucks the first team to 50 wins, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they have the best record. They're what? They're 56. They're excuse me. They're 55 and 19 right now, as of Monday today. So they have the best record in the NBA. He took Giannis has elevated that team into a, an elite contender in the Eastern Conference. Okay, he wouldn't be nothing. Now, granted, the Rockets without Harden wouldn't be the same, but they have, you know, I mean, they have Chris Paul, they have Eric Gordon. The Rockets have some pieces. Absolutely. Other than Giannis and maybe Chris Middleton, you want to throw in there. You don't really have anybody on that squad. Yeah. So, like I said, is Harden the most is the is the, most, is the offensive MVP? Yes. Defensive MVP? No. You know what I mean? So I, I don't like just because he's dropping sixty, he's dropping forty. People are saying that. If you want to give him the award, I'm not going to argue it. But I'm just saying just because he's dropping a lot of points and he's going off on the offense doesn't mean he's automatically categorize him as the MVP. Yeah. I don't know if you're. I mean, like I said, I think you're saying he's going to get at it. 
I think Giannis has a legitimate chance to get the MVP award, and I would not be upset if they gave it to Giannis. Okay. You know? Yeah, I would agree. So, I mean, that's just me, dude. Have an offense. I think the NBA should come out with an offensive player of the year award, along with that defensive player of the year award, you know what I mean? And then have the MVP because it's the most value. Who brings the most value to their team? Who can help their team win? Who can help their team into the playoffs? And, of course, it's still a great player on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And you know what? People aren't even talking about Kawhi Leonard. This is interesting to me. It's intriguing to think that they're talking about him and he's putting together a very solid season after sitting out all those games. It makes me wonder, like, mate, the guy was honest about his body. I want to come back at 100 percent. He's not slouching in this time with the Raptors, even though I don't see him staying there any longer than he has to. Yeah, I don't think he's staying there any longer either, but he's having a good year. He's averaging 27, 7, and 3. I mean, that's a great year, and, you know, it's not a bad at all. He's got the Raptors in second in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. He's, they're four, only four games behind the Bucks. You know, they're at 51 wins right now. So it's like – and he's arguably the best two-way player in the game. You know, if he's not, he's right there with LeBron, you know what I mean? So I, don't, I just don't – I can't believe no one's even talking about, like I said, Westbrook before, averaging another triple-double. No one's talking about Kawhi. Just because Harden is putting up 61 points and 50 here and 30 here and this, that, there, they automatically want to assume he's the MVP. That's what argue, that's what bothers me. Excuse me. Um, like I said, I think they should look at it as a whole and look at who brings the most value because that's what it is, the most valuable player to that team. Now, so, let, me, let me ask you this. Now, I've, I've gotten to a point in my young age of watching the NBA because, you know, wasn't born in this country, didn't watch it as much growing up. I remember the NBA and NBC, love Jordan, all that stuff. The Bulls amazing. Um, do you feel that the NBA has more, less, or equal amounts of talent that they had for those 90s, 2000s teams? The uh, reason I say that is in, you know, thinking, okay, you know, James Harden is doing what he's done now. Is he playing in soccer competition? And then looking at the East as a whole, do you feel like uh, the individuals that finally rose to the top are some of the better teams when you take LeBron out of the East? So it's it's funny. Um, I was actually having this conversation today with someone that, you know, how much has the NBA has changed in the last few years? The East is not the powerhouse teams, what it used to be with the Bulls yeah. and the Knicks, even the Heat in the 90s and the Celtics. The Pistons and, you know, bad boy Pistons and the Celtics, you know, it's all about the Western Conference. The East was like a foregone conclusion. When LeBron was in the East, he was going to win it every single year. You know, um, now the West is, is a completely different ball game, And that's why LeBron is not winning because he's in the West. You know what I mean? If he was in the East, they'd probably be being okay if he's still with the Cavs. Yeah. But um, to really focus on the question as far as the talent and the, I guess, the difficulty, it's a different game. Like we, and we saw it before. The guy, these guys aren't even allowed to whisper in each other's ear about getting a foul call, dude. I mean, there was one point, I think, in the in the year, I think I forget if it was LeBron or somebody, they actually put their hands behind their back and started to play defense. You can't even touch the guy anymore on their back anymore. No hand, no hand check. No hand checking. It's 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 a completely different dude. You like we said it with the pit in their 80s and early 90s. You remember the bad boys pistons, dude? They, when you went up for a went up for a rebound or a layup or something, you, you get a suplex. Yes. I'm saying you will get back body dropped right on the floor. Yes. With no problems. Yes. And the referee look at you like, what? You good? All right, get your ass up. You ain't it, no foul. It ain't playoffs. It ain't playoffs, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So it's a different ball game. Defense is more lax. Uh, you know, it's all about offense now. You know what I mean? This is where, quite frankly, Mike D'Antoni should thrive because his teams in the early 90s, early 2000s, all he did was coach offense. He didn't coach defense with the, with the Phoenix Suns, you know? They were, they were putting up 150 a game, but it, it doesn't help you when you're giving up, giving up 151, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So, 
I, I, it's a different game now. Hard. I mean, some will some. What could some of these players um, play? You know, or thrive in that in the earlier '90s? You know, against the Eastern Conference. You know, with those teams. I think somebody like LeBron, I think, could just because of his body and size, he could take the punishment. But some of these guys, they want to act tough. But some of these dudes are soft out here, dude. I'm telling you, <laughs> they would not be able to contend. I Swaggy P's and the um, what's it, the Angelo <laughs> Russells out here. Even Steph Curry, dude, he's scrawny, he's little, dude. I don't think he'd be. Yeah. Now, granted, he could pull up from half court, shoot all day, but he's trying to drive and let, dude, he'd get bodied. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? I remember. With the Heat and Knicks in the ninth, you knew it'd be fighting with Charlie Ward and, and, and oh my and goodness, Allen Houston fighting yep. with Alonzo Mourning and those Home dudes. Alone. Yeah, dude. Oh, Shaquille oh. O'Neal took in a swing at the dude from uh, from the uh, the Bulls. That if he'd have connected, he would have knocked that man in the next Tuesday. Dude, I remember actual fights happening. You know what I mean? It was a different game in the nineties. Um, you know what I mean? This is another reason why 90s was the best decade of all time. Basketball, <laughs> you know what I mean? Not just basketball, but TV and movies. And that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a topic for another day. I'm just saying, dude, it's a different game. Granted, the athletes are bigger and stronger now, you know, because all the technology and the supplements and things like that that they're taking. But I just think offensively, would they be putting on a show like they are today? I don't think so. For the majority of them, I don't believe so. There's very few that could do it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I just don't think it's the same. It's the same game. I think Draymond would be all right out there. You know, I think I think Boogie would be all right out there. Boogie would um, be all right. Yeah, yeah. Sort of like there's Paul some George, guys. You mentioned Paul George, absolutely, absolutely. Russell Westbrook was born for it. I tell you, he was yeah. born for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He he would thrive in a in a you know kind of an attitude error. You know what I mean? Uh, kind of kind of kind of persona. You know. That is, as I say, attitude error makes me think of the old uh, WWE, you know, the attitude error when they yeah, change. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. My <laughs> God, that man has a family. It broke him in half. <laughs> <laughs> it broke him in half. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I think uh, I don't think it's the same thing. Um, really quick, I don't know if you saw the game last night between the Hornets and the Raptors. I saw the buzzer beater, but I did not dude, see the This dude, Jeremy Lamb, excuse me, I hit the table, had, had a buzzer beater from the half court. That was in. Same. Yeah, like it dropped out of the Raptors. It was pretty. He it was pretty really threw that thing like two hundred feet in the air. Yeah, or and he banked it in. That. Was, now I hope he called glass. That's all I gotta ask. Hey, you know, it don't matter. As long as it goes in, you get the win. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That Go was. Yeah, dude, yeah, exactly. That's all that matters. Um. Anyway, well, I just wanted to just see if you saw that last night. That was insane. I'll try to. I'll try to throw that up on the screen for for the folks at home. They can see that. Um. But I really want to talk about last thing on the NBA. These and you know, we're down to the last few games. I think now we're down to about six, seven games, whatever the case is. Um, looking at the standings right now, man. Um, in the East, you know, like we said, we got the Bucks, the Raptors, Sixers, and Pacers have all have clinched. The Celtics have lost four in a row. I mean, yeah. get blown out the other day by the Spurs. I mean, then it's funny. Then the Nets aren't too far behind the Celtics for fifth spot. Um, what's I don't know what's up with the Celtics, man. Um, it's looking like. It's, you know, the Heat look like they're going to clinch that AC, but, you know, the Magic only a, a game out. Um, Celtics look are kind of worrying me, dude. But I think, I don't know, coming out of the East, I'm probably just going to go. Um, you know, even though they're second, I'm going to go the Raptors coming out of the East. Okay. I mean, I could see it. I could see Kawhi making a statement there. Um, you know, they, they played. The best thing about that team is they played well under the radar and have done their their, their thing, right? Like, they're not um, – 
they're not splashy. They're everywhere, but they're in all those games. If you got to lose to a half-court buzzer beater that goes 200 yards, 200 feet in the air, you mm-hmm. probably had a pretty decent game up until that right. point. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, you know, like you said, the most valuable to a team player, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I, I don't know if they'll, through the course of an entire playoff run, be able to stick it to a team. Uh, I wanted, I wanted to go with the Celtics, but they are just giving themselves the most work they're going to have to do. Like, I just don't. I, yeah. I, I didn't like the body language from uh, from Kyrie Irving in a, some a post game, a uh, post practice. Mm-hmm interview uh you know he just uh he just didn't look like he was really in it didn't look like his heart was in it yeah dude something's up with Kyrie man now just wait if this season ends today ended today they'd be playing the Pacers do I think they can beat the Pacers yes um but the way they've been playing dude I don't don't know what's up with them dude I mean it's funny because last year they didn't have Hayward or Kyrie towards the end and they finished what they were better yeah I I don't it's that shows you it's team chemistry yeah adjusting to those things no, I was just saying, I don't think it's Brad Stevens, their head coach at all. I think he's a heck of a coach. I think he's great. It's I think it really has to do with team chemistry, to be honest, dude. And it's just it's odd that they're not going to get it together. Because when LeBron announced he was going to the Western Finals, and I think I said this before, there was a, a tweet sent out by Chris Rock. He said, congratulations to the Boston Celtics, next year's Eastern Conference champions, immediately. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Boston should be running away with this with the Eastern Conference. They're so deep. You know, with with uh, with with Jalen with Jalen Brown, um, Jason Tatum. Yeah. You know, uh, I just don't get it. You know, and, and we mentioned Kyrie and Al Horford. It's they're just so deep. Yeah. I don't get it, man. Um, in, in the West, you know, of course you still got the Warriors and, and the Nuggets and the Rockets up top. It's looking like the West is pretty much set. I think the last spot is going to come down to me, the Spurs and the Kings. Okay. But I think the Spurs are think they're just they're at about six and a half games up on the Kings right now. And then that's pretty much locked up. So you can pretty much say the Western Conference is pretty much locked up with the teams that will be. Now, the seedings may change in the, over the last couple of games. But yeah. I think from the West, um, I think it's safe to say that the, uh, you know, I'm going to pick the Warriors, of course. But could the Rockets give them a run for it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, what do you think? Who's, who do you think will actually end up coming out of the West? You know, I... Whatever the Warriors are planning to do, if they're going to turn it on and it's going to be it's going to be now or never, I, I have to have faith in them. Now, the playing those many games, those many seasons in a row, wanes on a team, right? Like maybe these guys want to be the Warriors that we know, but maybe they're just tired. Maybe they said they wanted to, to close out uh, their stadium with a bang. I'm sure they want to win a championship to, for the you know for Oakland uh, before they move up out of there. Um, yeah, they're but, going to San Francisco, right? I, uh, I have no, I have no idea where the new site's being. I could see them moving. I think they're close, moving close, uh, farther so, north and moving to, uh, to San Francisco. Yeah, um, and then they got their fifth straight win. Their excuse me, their fiftieth, their fiftieth straight uh, season. Or excuse me, they got fiftieth win, fifty wins for the sixth straight season for them. I mean, it's the Warriors. I mean, they're just going to be a yeah. powerhouse until somebody really dis- until that team gets dismantled. Yeah, he's going to be on top. I just I just see the same old you know recycle of what we've seen the last few years the dominance for them and Kevin Durant came to, comes to play for the uh, playoffs so you know if it if it comes down to Clay's not hitting shots or uh, Curry's not hitting shots they don't have it down low they will make this the Kevin Durant show and I you guys will see the definition of the Durantula yeah absolutely absolutely anyway let's move on to the NFL now um, some big news came out of the NFL yesterday um, your boy Rob Gronkowski man. Calling it quits, hanging it up. Um, I mean, what pouring one out? 
Pour one out for the homie. I have to. <laughs> Pour I one have out for the homie. After nine, after nine years in the NFL and three Super Bowl championships, he has decided to call it quits. And I think you and I discussed this some weeks back. And I think before the Super Bowl, I said it. If they win, it's a hundred percent guarantee that he will retire. And if they lost, I said I think I said it was about 75, 80% chance. Maybe he'll come back and try to write the ship. Yeah, but he's yeah. Uh... I think I called it, dude. I mean, I think we both called it. I might have called it as well, too. It was it was inevitable, dude. It's just too many injuries, especially yeah. with the back. Yeah. You know? Four back surgeries, a forearm, shoulder, ACL, MCL. I mean, at, at that size, you can't take that beating for so long. Yeah, dude. It's just a, having a good quality of life, preserving your health. Yeah. I mean, it's so, you know what I mean? It's funny. Um, just before we came on here and started recording, uh, I was on a group chat with some of my friends. Talking, It's hard talking about Gronk. Oh, he's the GOAT. To me, it's still Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez yeah. is the greatest tight end of all time. Um, I, I mean, obviously, he's going to have better numbers because he played yeah. longer than Gronk. So yes. I, I won't even put numbers into it. Um, but just, I mean, just a pure – he was a better route runner, and he, yeah. and he had better hands. Now, Gronk was bigger, maybe bigger and stronger. He was a yeah. bigger, I mean, but to me, it's it's Tony G all the way. So I'm, I'm going to disagree, obviously, because I'm biased. But okay. for Gronkowski's, the work that he did, uh, and a lot of his work came out when he was out in the slot or at a wide receiver position, 59% of his receptions, uh, his ability to still translate to a football player on the line. And I think that's one thing from Tony that Tony wasn't there to be this physical part of the run offense for you, right? Like he was out there to catch balls, make you make you hurt if you didn't cover him with your best cover corner or your best, uh, uh, excuse me, your best cover linebacker or your best cover small small corner small safety. Yeah. Um, I just. Gronkowski would make huge plays, and even down the stretch now, you know, like he he's really only had a few uh, teardrop shots that he caught. One which that set them up for the uh, touchdown in the Super Bowl, uh, the the long ball to him. It was an underthrow ball by Tom Brady against the Chiefs uh, that kind of solidified this part of his career, but yeah. was giving you so much in the in the run game, blowing guys up like Aaron Donald up, you know, like that. Uh, I, I don't, I would never, I didn't never saw plays like that consistently from Tony Gonzalez, but I feel like I have to give. That's why I give uh, Gronkowski the edge. You're not just gonna say, okay, well, we we can't run off of tackle against in his direction because he's going to set the edge. No, that guy in Gronkowski is going to get to the second level with this guy and probably grab a linebacker on the way up there. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's probably one of the best blocking tight ends of all time. You know what I mean? You can always count on him to throw that block and get your guy out the way. Don't get me wrong. But I just think body of work. I mean, like I said, Tony G, just the hands and the route running to me, that separates it too. And, you know, because, you know what I mean? You have to be able to catch the ball as well too as block. But I think, don't get me wrong, I said blocking goes to, to Gronk, but hands and routes and, you know, uh, just tight end, just receiver capabilities, I think yeah. you have to give it to Tony G. And that's why I'm going to say uh, Tony Gonzalez, best tight end of all time. I know I know you're going to disagree, yeah. but uh, I, I just I just got to say it's, I, you know, I wasn't going to bring numbers into it, but, you know what I mean, I, I, I want to look at it just really quick here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, I I mean, just looking at the numbers really quick here. So Tony G, he played now. You know, we know he, he played for the Chiefs for so long. Played yeah. for the Falcons for a few years, but he racked up over 1,300 catches and over 15,000 yards in 17 seasons. Okay, yeah. he has 4,000 yard seasons and 11 straight seasons of at least 70 catches. Okay, now Gronk, 
Obviously, he didn't play that long. Only played nine years. I yeah. get it, but he was bigger. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's not he's not going to have the numbers in. But, yeah. uh, dude, I'm going to – Gronk is top three, if not top two. I, I'm going to put Antonio Gates up in there. Okay. Uh, maybe the old uh, Kellen Winslow, Shannon Sharp. For me, that's tough because, you see, you like the really – the more like high flying guys and Gronk had a piece of that to his game, but I don't think those guys would have been able to have the numbers if they weren't in an offense that focused on them being a part of the passing game, right? Like Gronk was a, a, to me, I always felt like Gronk was a pass first tight end. Always. I always felt like he was there as an extension of the pass game for Tom Brady, but he gave you so much in the run game that I don't think guys were asked to do that. Right. Like if Antonio Gates wasn't being asked to block and at some, at one point in his career, whether, you know, the back half, like four or five years before he finally retired, he was just out there to catch touchdowns. You know, like he was not a part of the a part of the uh, the offense in the fashion that Gronkowski has been. Like if you like, if you double Gronkowski's stats, that gives you fifteen thousand yards. That gives you, you know, uh, how many touchdowns does that give you? It gives you uh, over one hundred and sixty touchdowns. I mean, where, I don't know where that would rank by comparison to Tony Gonzalez. I'm not looking at his numbers though. But if you if you could say he if Gronkowski played another ten years, another nine years, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know, Lord willing, we have no idea what quarterback he was going to be playing with, right? I, I, I imagine yeah. you know, if I compare those guys, he's he's had Tom Brady. Probably the only reason why he's in the discussion is because his quarterback was Tom Brady. You know, that, that this brought up a, a thing for me, uh, excuse me, a thought for me that people talk about who has Tom Brady played with, right? Because we get on, on Peyton Manning. I know I get on Peyton Manning for playing with so many uh, Hall of Famers, whether they first ballot or not. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Oh, yeah, I think he's got to be. You know, so then, all right. got to be. I, and that's the thing. I feel like this is a first ballot Hall of Famer's work case. And, and you look at spots, games, places, the stats. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah, I mean, I get it really quick to going back to Gronk and the, their stats. So we said Gronk had nine. He had, he was, we said nine seasons. Yeah. He had, what, 7,800 yards and 79 touchdowns, which is great. If you don't, you know what I mean? So Tony Gonzalez played 17 seasons. So the numbers might be better, but look at, like you said, look who he was playing with. He was playing with Tom Brady. Yeah. He was getting the ball in the red zone like, almost every time, you know, short yardage touchdowns. So he, he could easily get three, four touchdowns a game. Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez was a deeper route runner type of tight end. You know, you know, Gronk, they weren't asking Gronk to run, to run eights and nines, eight to nine, nine cut routes all the time. You know what I mean? Tony Gonzalez would go deep on you, dude. You know what I mean? And uh, so that's, they were two different kind of players. You know, I, to, like I said, dude, it's so difficult. It's, I know, it, it is, it is. It's, uh, Gronk, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Absolutely Hall of Famer. I'll right. not take that away from him. But to me, it's still going to be, it's still going to be Tony G for me. So I know. You're biased, but hey, I, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. To yeah. each their own. I just, yeah. I'll tell you what, nobody will ever play football like Gronk did. I'm sad he's gone. I, I might have to switch up the t shirt I wear all year to the, to the 87. <laughs> I got you. Speaking of the Patriots, uh, your other boy, uh, Bob, My hands Bobby, them. Bobby, <laughs> Bobby Kraft, good old Bobby, Mr. Kraft. <laughs> hey. Bobby Kraft doing what he does. Uh, now he, it was, you know, we all know, you know, with the whole thing with the, um, the uh, massage parlor, <laughs> um, he did enter a plea deal to have the charges uh, dropped. I believe um, he was entering a plea deal to have the charges dropped for soliciting a prostitution. 
Um, just the other day, he entered, oh, excuse me, he uh, he released a statement issuing an apology. I'll read it just briefly here, just, just shortly. And, and quote, I am truly sorry. I know I have hurt and disappointed my family, my close friends, my coworkers, our fans, and many others who rightfully hold me to a higher standard. Throughout my life, I have always tried to do the right thing. The last thing I would ever want to do is disrespect another human being. I have extraordinary respect for women. My morals and my soul were shaped by the most wonderful woman, the love of my life, who I was blessed to have as my partner for 50 years, end quote. And the quote, it does go on. But, dude, he he mad he got caught. That's all it is. Who is who's not who isn't mad? Nobody should get caught doing things in their personal life. I don't think that he was supporting tra- human trafficking, but one has to understand stepping into a place like that, you fall victim to this because this is a dangerous game out here that people are playing. Uh, yeah. And you know, yeah. man, he got caught, dude. End the story, dude. Just accept it. You got bagged. It is what it is. You're trying to get low real quick. You know what I mean? You got caught. <laughs> you got caught up. It is what it is, yo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like I said, when we first talked about this, dude, yeah. where is his handler? Why don't they have a hold to him? <laughs> where is Michael Cohen? Where is Long Island's finest Michael Cohen? Where are we at? <laughs> dude, somebody get to bring some girls to his room in the hotel in Vegas. Dude, I don't get why you need to go to a strip mall in Florida to get to just to get it in real quick. I'm pretty sure we were, we were talking about this with DB and, and DB yeah. made the comment that, you know, he wanted to live the gangster lifestyle. This is not, this is something that he's not accustomed to. He wanted to feel the thrill of it and he got popped. Yeah, dude. I, I, I just don't get it. Moon. Anyway, moving on really quickly. Want to mention that the Rams, they signed a former Packer linebacker, Clay Thompson to a two year deal. Uh, Clay, nine, Matthews, Clay Matthews. But, excuse me. Clay, Clay Matthews. Excuse me. Clay Matthews to a two year deal. Nine nine and a quarter million base with a fifty. Excuse me, five and a half guaranteed. I think it's good, dude. Clay Matthews is a beast. He can he can get you you know 80, 90 tackles a season. Yeah. Uh, I think he, that just bolsters that Ram defense that we all saw it was one of the best in the league. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a, definitely a good signing. Do you do you like it? Do you, do you like the move? Uh, I mean, I, I think it's a good move for for both of them. I'm sure we're gonna see way more Clay Matthews commercials. Him eating Campbell soup and all that good stuff. Now that he's out in LA. Uh, I think the Rams could have definitely use him. I don't know this. Uh, I thought I don't think they're re-signing in Dominican Sue, so their front line might look a little different there. But you know, still Aaron Donald. If you got Aaron Donald clogging up the hole, getting after the quarterback, and then Clay Matthews coming around the corner, you're gonna be doing okay. Yeah, I uh, um, I think I think I think they'll definitely be all right. So yeah, I'm gonna. I, but I like the signing anyway. Also, the Cowboys signed Rand- wide receiver Randall Cobb from the Packers, and they re-signed Tavon Austin. Cobb got a one-year deal, roughly about $5 million. I'm not sure what the guaranteed is there. Yeah. Tavon Austin's on a one-year, $1 million deal with, with uh, half a million guaranteed. Seems like the Packers are losing all their guys. Aaron Rodgers is not going to have anybody there. But, dude, I, I, I like the move for the Cowboys, you know, to get in Cobb. It fills that void of Cole Beasley leaving for the Bills. Yeah. Um, for me, it's just you you miss out on a guy, or excuse me, you lose a guy in Beasley who at least was healthy, and you pick up a guy in Randall Cobb who's always hurt, right? Like <laughs> the Final Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy, the fantasy football uh, <laughs> the world has been a buzz because Cobb made this move, and I'm just like, this is a guy who nobody depends on, and he's always injured. So I don't know why people are psyched right now. Yeah, but I mean, it's a good. I think it's a good. Um, blanket for you no know, security blanket for uh, Dak Prescott though. Absolutely. So, like, if all the work is gonna go to Amari, it's good to have a guy with sure hands like Cobb. Yeah, so that's why I like it. Um, 
Moving on, the Raiders, they signed former Cincinnati Bengals linebacker Vontez Burfecht to a one-year, one $5 million deal with incentives. Not sure that the, the uh, guaranteed money is there. Yeah. But this is going to be interesting. He Now he's teamed up with an Antonio Brown, who he played at least twice a year when they were with the Steelers and Bengals, yeah. respectively. Uh, dude, you know, we know they've had their beef in the past. Yeah. In the past, excuse me. Um Will they get along? I don't I don't know, dude. It's kind of rough now. Perfect, dude. Is he really worth it, dude? He's such a headache, I feel, bro. Like, he's been suspended multiple times throughout his career. He hasn't played a full season since 2013. He's just been suspended at least a couple games every single year the past few years. Is it worth it? And being that he's with an AB, will that work? Is he worth it? No. This man's known more in the media for being the bad guy than being the consummate professional on the field. Mm-hmm. Two, I, I don't know about, you know, maybe you extend the olive branch, but this is a guy who's taken, tried to give you multiple concussions on multiple occasions. Yeah. You know, he's probably not, he's on my team, but he's not one of my favorite guys to hang out with. Right, right, dude. And, and like you said, he's not, I don't think he's worth it at all, dude. Uh, he's just a headache, like I said. Uh, he and he's been known in the media as being one of the probably the dirtiest player in the game. He's going out there intentionally trying to hurt people, ruin their careers. There's no there's no need for that in the NFL or in any, or in any sport for that matter. I don't think he did. I don't think he. I don't like. I don't like the move by the Raiders. Now the Raiders didn't know he's known for getting the bad boy kind of players. So so be it. It is what it is. But if he if he straightens up and he plays out and he balls out, it is what it is. You yeah. know. So anyway. Let's get right into the uh, divisional roundtable for this week. We're going to talk about the NFC East. Start with the Cowboys that we just talked about a little while ago. They finished 10 and 6 last year as the conference champs, lost in the second round of the playoffs to the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I mean, two biggest things for them this going into this year: signing Dak Prescott to a long-term deal, and also signing the um, defensive end Demarcus Lawrence. So. I think Prescott's in his last year of his rookie deal, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, you know, what's he going to be worth? Is he going to be getting that, you know, $20 million a year contract type of thing? Is he going to, and is he going to extend it a long-term deal? I'm not sure. What, what, what is Prescott really, truly, honestly worth compared yeah. to the other quarterbacks out there? I don't think he's going to get a hundred million dollars. No, absolutely. And if it, it, well, this is the thing, it, it might get reported as a hundred million dollars, but we know it's only going to be like, $40 million, $50 million guaranteed. You know, he might get a Nick Foles contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, I think Prescott, you know, uh, he's he's a good, he's a quarterback, you know. I think him and Ezekiel Elliott, I don't, I think Ezekiel Elliott has an extra year on his deal. Um, so I think they got him in the other, but I think they'll focus really on the run game. Um, now, the other thing is that they have no first round draft pick in this year's and then 2019 draft because they gave it up for Amari Cooper. Yeah. So, but I think they need to go um, the, on the defensive line work on there and maybe tight end. We know what well, we said with tight end, Jason Witten, he's coming back, but he's, you know, how, yeah. how much, how, how productive is he really going to be? Yeah. Uh, and I think they need to work on their secondary. I don't know what other needs they really are really going to focus on. I don't know about you. What do you think the Cowboys outlook is for the next, for uh, the 2019 season? Well, looking at the division, it's theirs for the grabbing, um, theirs for the taking. I mean, obviously, you have to think about the Eagles being able to challenge there and them being a year removed from this whole Super Bowl uh, hangover and whatnot, you know, get away from that that bad drop by uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, yeah. You still have to think they're in contention. But I think the, the most 
complete team that has a chance to take it and take it in style would probably be the Cowboys. Uh, I do see them trying to make it work one more time with Dak before making the decision. I don't know why Jason Garrett is still there. Um, I, I believe that with the, uh, the Giants deciding to stick with Eli and the Redskins not having a healthy, manageable quarterback, they have Case Keenum. I don't know if that means they actually have a quarterback. Um, I actually like the Cowboys to win this division uh, again. Um, but we'll see what the Eagles have to say about that. Yeah. Speaking of the Eagles, um, they went nine and seven last year. Well, um, they were the wild card. They lost the Saints in the second round of the playoffs. As we know, as you mentioned before, Nick Foles is gone. He's on. He moved on to Jacksonville. They're so they're, obviously they're committed to Carson Wentz. Um, they also signed D tackle Malik Jackson from the Jaguars on a three year deal worth, worth up to thirty million dollars. Um, the Eagles, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think they've got some definitely, definitely got some holes in the, you know, in that, in that, on that squad. Um, I think they need to look at their, their, uh, a couple different things in the draft. I mean, I think they're going to look at, uh, what's it, um, cornerback and they'll look at their running back position. You know, um, I, I, I think you're right as far as the Cowboys winning the division again yeah. next year. Um, but I think Josh Adams looked good in the running back spot. But I don't think he's. Josh Adams, yeah. I, yeah, I, I think he looked good. Um, you said Alshon Jeffrey's still there, you know. Uh, are still there. You know. Uh, the two tight ends, Zach Ertz, uh, Dallas Goddard, I think is a really good tight end that could they could they could run a two tight end attack. But for me, it's they're only going to go as far. Yeah. Only going to go as far as Carson Wentz is going to take them. And if he if we see consistency from the last two years for him, he won't yeah. be there at the end of the season. So is Nate Sudfeld about to do his best Nick Foles impersonation? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles, I think they definitely need some sort of piece, you know, it's added on there. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I think the Eagles are kind of like, can Carson Wentz, one, can he stay healthy? And two, can he really lead them to the promising? Because remember, before he tore his ACL two seasons ago and they won the Super Bowl, he was he was a perennial MVP of that season. Yep, yep. You know? he was cooking, so, he was cooking. Yeah, so, I mean, I think they see something in him. I think he has the stuff to lead that team to, you know, to the promised land. You know, yeah. uh, he's just got to stay healthy. If he if he's not healthy, dude, they're, they're done for sure. Yeah, they, they, they don't have that veteran backup there. That was a luxury to have, uh, I guess, giving – given what Nick Foles is able to give to them. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's unfortunate that they lost him, though. Moving on, we you, know, you mentioned the Giants quickly. Of course, we all know the biggest thing about the Giants, they, they traded away OBJ. What, yeah. what the hell are they thinking? The Giants, they're, they're – they're, here's the thing. Pack it in. Pack it in. They, they drafted Saquon Barkley last year, which, which to me said they wanted to win now. They weren't planning for the future. When you draft a running back that high, you're trying, and that somebody like his caliber, you were committed to Eli, you're committed to that team, you want it, you just needed a, another piece or two to win now. Mm-hmm. Training OBJ shows it. They're not trying to win now. They're they're re, they're definitely in rebuild mode. I think Eli's. I think this year will be they, uh, Eli's last year with the Giants and in the NFL. Um, I, I really do believe it. You know, they've got to go quarterback. Prob- people are saying they're probably going to look at Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State. Yeah. Um, the whole front office was there at his pro day, so. Okay. Either Kyler Murray will probably end up going number one to the Arizona Cardinals. So, uh, I, I, I don't see the you know him being there. I think the Giants have, what, the sixth pick in the draft, I believe, or something like that. Yeah. So, I think they got to go quarterback. And they might have to move up to get Dwayne Haskins, to be honest. Do you move up to get Dwayne Haskins, or do you try to work something out with the Cardinals and pick up Josh Rosen? Very good point. You know, what can they trade? You know, can they trade for Josh Rosen? You know, because if the Cardinals draft 
um, Kyler Murray at number one. Obviously, Josh Rosen's out. So, yeah. so I mean, will you get another play in the draft and maybe get get Josh Rosen? I don't know. Will he fit that? Will he fit that offense with Pat Shermer? I don't know. But the Giants draft needs, of course, they, we said a quarterback. Uh, now they need they need a receiver. You know, yeah. shore up that offensive line. <laughs> And then and, and and then get that secondary under control. So well, they spent two hundred million on that defense the last few years, and it just never panned out. Yeah, I, dude, I I don't know, man. Like the Giants. If you let Landon I, Collins walk. I mean, and to a division rival as well. Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about a few weeks ago. I mean, they did get well, they did get one receiver. They got Golden Tate from the Eagles. He signed with the Giants. So, yeah, but I mean, what does he bring you? You know, he's not, he's not OBJ. We all know that. If let's be honest here, you know, what I mean, but I still think you need another receiver. I mean, showing Shepard is he's a he's a he's a good receiver. I, I like he's him. Going into his own, I like throwing some. I mean, he's the new number one out there. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. You know, but of course you got Saquon, as I mentioned, who's a beast. He will be the best running back in the NFL next couple seasons. He will be the best running back in the NFL. Uh, I hope that this this shows what that drafts do to you. You should have took Sam Darnold. Dude, the, the last year's draft was full of quarterbacks, full of them. I I, I know you want to go get a guy like Saquon, but you just should have went ahead and got a quarterback because that, that was yes. your do it. Yeah. And, and yeah, and if let's say they got Sam Darnold. He would have been sitting behind Eli learning from a two-time Super Bowl winning future Hall of Fame quarterback for at least two seasons. Yeah. Why not? Let him Eli sit. Manning, even though he breathes through his mouth, uh, and I don't actually <laughs> think he's all that smart. That's fine. He would have sat behind him and would have learned something, maybe how to pick his nose. I don't know. <laughs> I will fire roast Eli Manning. He is on site. Damn. 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 God damn. What the, what that man ever do to you? Good Lord have mercy. <laughs> That's our, he's probably the reason the Patriots are has had the second round of a dynasty because of those two Super Bowl oh, losses make you want right. to go back right. again. I got it. You just mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, ensuring up lasting last in the uh last team to talk about the NFC is the Redskins. We talked about getting Case Keenum. I don't think he's the answer. <laughs> Uh, they're going to be a, they're going to continue to be a mediocre team. They will they will always flutter around that six between six and ten and nine and seventeen. Yeah. You know maybe make the playoffs one year but then losing the losing the first round. You know what I mean? Pretty sure they won the the division at nine and seven with uh, uh, RG three one year. Uh, yeah. And maybe if his knee had stayed together they could have done something. But no, nah, I just right. this is not a team that makes moves to be a winner. They make make moves to be consistent. Exactly. So I just don't really see the Redskins really doing much of anything. As we said before, I think Alex Smith is done. I don't think he's ever coming back. Um, it's unfortunate. It was just a horrific injury. You know, I feel bad for him. But uh, I mean, where do they really go? Receiver wise, they got Josh Dotson. He's a you know kind of a player. Jordan Reed, hell of a tight end there. He's healthy. Yeah, you know they they re-signed Adrian Peterson a couple of weeks ago, I believe. Now Darius Geis is gonna is he gonna be healthy? You know he so missed the could be a game changer. Could be. I think it would have been a different like, coming out of LSU. I like Geis. That's before he tore his ACL in the preseason. He missed the entire year. But dude, I like Darius Geis, dude, from LSU. He he's you know what I mean. And they got Samaj P. Ryan. So they've got the running back. The running back is uh, position is definitely squared away for the Redskins. Yeah. So I think will they draft it? Will they draft a quarterback? They're going to maybe get a – I think they needed a receiver and maybe a, a defensive lineman and a, uh, and a linebacker. But uh, I think the top two things you look at is quarterback and wide receiver. 
But I think running running back, they're good, dude. Running back, they're I think I like what they got there. Defensively, like I said, I still think they need to work on the D line and out with a linebacker. Um, on signing is a good bet that you're trying to shore up the back end and then deal with like the linebackers and and forward. Um, yeah. You know, Ryan Kerrigan is stout out there for him. Uh, you still got home. Josh Norman in the secondary. Yeah. You know, so and then and, and they and they got and they grabbed Landon Collins as you remember from the Giants. We talked about that. So secondary wise, I think the Redskins are good. Um, you know, it doesn't hurt to get another guy, but I think the Redskins are good in the secondary. But I, it's it's quarterback and rec- for me it's quarterback and receiver that's what they need and because you can't win it without a quarterback you, you can't win without a quarterback I mean Especially what we're gonna this, in, this, in this in this day's game you can't win without a quarterback yeah if you can't if you somebody cannot deliver the ball effectively you're just gonna have problems all the way through yeah absolutely man absolutely anyway that's gonna do it for our time here today um, once again as always folks don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel what's the word entertainment your boy Sherman Ben bringing it once again. Thank you for the time, sir. I think that covers it. I'll see you next time, man. Yeah, man. Take care. Have a good week. Yeah, man. You too, man. Peace.